We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach. Not a whole lot of uh, breaking news uh, the last couple of days relative to Broncos country. It's kind of been more still kind of reacting to and rolling with the punches and implications of what was said by uh, Sean Payton on Monday and then later Greg Penner. But I first, real quick, we have an awesome guest that we're going to be bringing on here in just a minute that you're all going to recognize. Before we get to our great guest, though, Zach, you wrote up this article about – it kind of teases maybe what the Broncos um, – approach strategy is going to be in the draft uh in what a month from now tell people what that is it's pretty obvious george payton said you know it's kind of difficult to trade up move up the draft board when you only have five selections none of which are in the first two rounds so he said if anything i feel more inclined to trade back to stockpile draft picks and if you follow george payton's tenure so far I looked into it. He made six trades during the draft in two years as Broncos GM. I think a seventh by now is fate accompli. It's a matter of when and for whom they trade that pick. I don't know when it's going to happen. They have back-to-back in the third round, I think 67 and 68. But at some point, they're going to make a move to stockpile more capital. I don't know. They're kind of in a beggars can't be choosers situation. I hope I hope it's not the third round. I mean, they're they need those top 100 picks. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of a George Payton thing outside of, you know, if you get past rounds one or two, Zach, that's kind of what he likes to do is trade back and stockpile, trade back, more darts. Yeah. Um, real quick, before we grab our guest, we're going to say thank you and hello to Sam Bam, who jumped in very early with a very generous super chat. Love you, big dog. We're stoked. We're going to be talking to you two weeks from today. It's going to be awesome. Uh, he says, good evening, guys. This is my getting in early super chat. Ready to watch the pod while watching some opening day baseball. See ya. Uh, April 13th, go Bron- uh, go Braves and go Broncos. Dope, dude. Uh, also, Mike Ronquillo jumping in. Great to see you, big dog. Thank you for the support. As always, you know we love you. Um, but, guys, it is a Thursday. And what we're trying to do uh, now that it's 
officially off season or well into the off season is we're trying to kick back our, our super chat superstar segments, bringing those who are the most supportive and engaged uh, onto the show and picking their brains and picking their thoughts on not just current events, but Bronco fandom in general. And tonight we are stoked Zach, cause we get to uh, welcome to the show. Someone we met in person last fall. So this will not be our first time getting to chat with Michaela. Um, but Michaela Israel is coming on. We're going to talk to her right now. So without further ado, let's bring her on. Michaela Israel in the house. Michaela, we are so stoked. You made time for us tonight. Uh, seriously, we've been really looking forward to this. But first things first, how are you feeling? How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, missing football, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sunday's not the same without football. No, I tweeted earlier, in fact, you know, baseball is cool and all, but 161 days until NFL kickoff. I'm right there with you. I'm feeding for it. Is it, though? Is baseball cool? No offense to Scott. No offense to Sam Bam. Cool to see in person. Dude, I used to love baseball when I was a when I was a young warthog, but um, I don't really have the attention span for it anymore. But, uh, Michaela, we want to get your thoughts on a, a few of the pressing issues of, of the current moment with the Broncos. But before we get into that, you are one of the most outspoken, passionate, and knowledgeable Broncos fans that's in our community. And so first things first is I'm curious to know how you became such a hardcore Broncos fan. Well, um, Sundays in my house, uh, the best part about them was uh, Sunday lunch after church and watching the Broncos. So I grew up watching the Broncos with my dad and my mom. My mom is also knowledgeable, so girl power, right? <laughs> um, but so they were always passionate, and they taught me how to be a loyal and a true fan, and not just a fan when it's easy. We got the it other one. hasn't been easy, by the way. Go. Other Michaela jumping in, the Duchess saying, hi, girl. Michaela on Michaela Crime here. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, second of all, checks in the mail for wearing that shirt, by the way, the caricature of Chad and I. It's always, you know, it's always a thrill to see that on somebody plus, else. Plus a little bonus for the Bridge the Gap LP in the background, too. So That's right, yeah. You have uh, sufficient funds coming your way. Michaela, I want to bring it back more to current times. I want to talk about this offseason in particular. How would you grade what the Broncos have done from the hiring of Sean Payton to all the player acquisitions? What has been your favorite move and what has been your least favorite move? Um, I would say I would grade it probably an A. And Sean Payton was definitely the highlight. Um, yeah. I When I found out I was at work and I just like jumped out of my desk, I was like running around telling the whole office. <laughs> so that was really fun. Um, I don't think I really have a least favorite move because I feel like they have a plan God, with yeah. all the moves that they've made. So that's something about question. what about some guy that the Lance Broza or something that yeah, he likes practice. Very big fan of practice. This yeah. Lance Joseph oh, guy. What yeah. did you think of that move? Um, it's not my favorite, but I think about you know how Peyton said he's going to be slow to hire and quick to fire. Mm -hmm. So we're going to find out if that's true. If it doesn't work out, which hopefully it will work out, but. You know, that'll be kind of the thing to watch, I think. Hashtag fixing to find out, as Gary Kubiak was wont to say. Um, okay, I'm bringing it back to some some fun topics, some Broncos fan stuff. So uh, we are going to ask you about your Broncos Mount Rushmore, your four favorite Bronco figures of all time. But okay. tell us first, though, all right? Tell us first, 
what your uh, what's your favorite memory as a Broncos fan? Because there's been a lot of triumph, a lot of success this team has had over the years. Lately, it's been pretty dark. But what's your favorite, most precious, special Bronco moment? Well, I'll talk about two. Um, when we won Super Bowl 50, I cried. <laughs> and I was so excited. Um, I really thought about getting a tattoo, but I kind of let people talk me out of it. So, um, but also I was at the playoff game with Tim Tebow, uh, against the Steelers. And that was amazing. That was like, there's nothing like that in the world. You know, if you could take that energy in the stadium from that night and bottle it and sell it, you'd become richer than Budweiser probably. Yeah, for sure. Well, Michaela, I hate to bring it here, but let's talk about what made you cry in a negative way. What has been your least favorite memory as a Broncos fan all these years? Um, I feel like you're going to understand this. And most recently, it's watching Melvin Gordon. It was watching <laughs> Melvin Gordon. Right here. Like, just every game. And like, how? How does this happen? And he fumbled that Raiders game. He like fumbled it directly into a Raiders player. And I said when I was watching that, we are losing this game, and we're going to remember this moment right now. <laughs> so, yeah. He almost fumbled the freaking Lombardi trophy when he <laughs> stole the championship at Kansas City. The guy was a disaster, but I agree. So what about the new guy? What do you? What are your thoughts on P. Ryan, the new running back? Oh, I'm stoked, man. I watched highlights of him against Kansas City, and, like, I just can't wait. I want him to stiff arm like every Kansas city player possible, you know, <laughs> I just want him to go, go ham on them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Michaela, I, I have a very uh, pointed question for you and I have breaking news. In fact, George Payton is no longer the Broncos GM. The Broncos GM is now Michaela Israel. Where would you go? <laughs> Let's say you hold on to your two third round picks. Do you go edge? Do you go defensive lineman? Do you go running back? Where are you drafting for the Broncos next month? I would draft center and D-line. Build the trenches, baby. Love it. So you're not as sold as Sean Payton appears to be on Lloyd Cushenberry, who he views, quote, as our starter? I mean, I kind of take that as a for now statement. I don't necessarily think that he's going to make it the whole season. Yeah. Again, it'll be kind of something to watch for sure. By the way, you're crushing it right now. This is see how fun this is. It's just easy peasy. Yeah. It's just back and forth conversation. But I do have to uh, pin you down on this Mount Rushmore thing. Who are your four most pivotal Bronco figures in Michaela's, you know, fandom? Um, probably Shannon Sharp would be number one. I mean, I was really young when he was playing, but like that's the first. My first favorite player was definitely Shannon Sharp. Um, of course, Peyton Manning would have to be one of them. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I kind of enjoyed the Tebow season a little bit because it brought a lot of attention to the Broncos, and I don't feel like most people pay attention to the Broncos unless they're as horrible as they were last year. So that was just kind of fun, and, like, doing the Tebowing, that was fun. You know, I got caught up in the Tebow. Um, And probably Pat Sertan. Yo, this might be the first ever Mount Rushmore. I was thinking that. That does not mention the quarterback that we all know and love. I don't know. Um, Michaela, this is this is really cool, though. This is really cool because let me tell you something. The first face etched in your Mount Rushmore is Shannon Sharp. This is very unique. And see, this is what makes you punk rock. This is what makes you rock and roller because, you know, most people, they're like Elway, Manning, Vaughn, and then Champ. Those are probably the four. Don't you think, Zach, probably the four most common names that we hear Mm -hmm. in these segments? And you're shaking things up. And I love that. Yeah, I like to be different. <laughs> very, very interesting answer. Michaela Baum, just for the other Michaela here, uh, $49.99. Thank you so, so much, Michaela, as always. She says, yay, Michaela. Nice to have my namesake on the show. Feels like yesterday when I was teaching those two guys how to pronounce the name. <laughs> LOL, love you. You are doing great, Michaela. Definitely appreciate you uh, coming on with us tonight. We're talking about Broncos legends, and there's a few top of my head anyway, that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame that aren't? If you can pick one, who would that be? Um, I'm trying to think. Probably Tom Nalen. I'm going to go with Tom's guy. <laughs> Tom McCall is smiling so wide right now. Yeah. That's that's a good choice. That that would be my that would be my 1B only behind Randy Gratishar. But, like, yeah. both those guys belong in the Hall of Fame. Um all right, so we've had you for about 10 minutes. Before we dip on out of here, or not us dip out, but before we wish you a good evening, we hear tell that you have a little sidekick somewhere that is uh, perhaps willing to come on the show. <laughs> yes, Cooper, yes. Cooper, let's go, dude. Where are you at, big dog? 
Well, he ran away for a second. He's coming right back. Okay, we'll we'll circle back. We're, we will okay. circle back to that. Uh, because I do have, after what he said right before we went live, I do have a burning question that I got to get in uh, okay. for Cooper before we dip on out of here. Um, but, Zach, we uh, are so blessed to have the community that we do and the supporters 100%. that we do. Um, the Michaela's. Naj, look at this. Naj throwing down, showing some big props. Great appearance on the show, Michaela. Can you tell me where I can get that shirt? Yo, dude, that's a that's an out of print. You snoozed, you lose, bro. You snoozed, you lose, Naj. Just kidding. I think I have a couple of hoodies left over of the old Huddle Up podcast logo. We just need to have it rebranded with the uh, Mile High Huddle podcast. So what was the word you used, Zach, to describe it when I was like, I don't know, man, what are we going to do with all these? And you're like, no, they're something. There was a word, like, was it vintage? vintage? Vintage, yeah, yeah, yeah. Collector so, uh, thing, you know. I'll hook you up, Naj. Just when you come to the sh when you come to the meet and greet this fall, I'll I'll hook you up. Don't worry about it. All right, is we got Cooper? Is he ready? Let's yes. do it. Cooper in the house, dude. <laughs> he he uh, makes his presence felt occasionally in the streams when he'll take mom's phone and like DM a question, you know, put a question in the chat or whatever. Uh, but since we're about out of time, Cooper, I have one question for you. This YouTube career, you're interested. When you launch, or maybe you already have launched, but what is your ambition for your YouTube channel? What kind of YouTube channel is it going to be? Is it going to be football? Is it going to be video games? Is it going to be music? Is it going to be, you know, practical jokes, magic? What's it going to be? Probably um, video games and music. So we wish you good fortune. And let me just give you one secret, okay? Here's here's the one secret to success on YouTube, okay? Start doing it and then just don't stop. And don't you have support people. here from the community as well, Cooper. That's, that's right. Don't Walk let people Ron tell you. in saying, hi, Cooper. Dude, you got don't this. Let people, don't let them tell you, no, nah, it's too hard to make it. Or, no, nah, I don't think it's really that good. You just do it. You just start doing it, and then you just don't stop, and you'll be shocked where it goes as long as you don't stop. Uh, but Zach, any other burning comments, and then we'll dip. We'll, we'll wish the, these uh, great folks a good. Evening. I just love the branding so on point. You know, Cooper has the MMA shirt. Michaela's rocking our shirt. Look at that. Definitely appreciate you guys and Cooper. Best. Anything we can do to help you out, Cooper? You let us know, okay? We'll uh, we'll we'll Thanks, be seeing guys. you around. Uh, are you going to be at the meet and greet? Yes, we both are. Okay, that's nice. dope. It's, it's, we'll look forward to seeing you then. And uh, we do want some kind of a progress report, hopefully, on this YouTube, this burgeoning YouTube career. Uh, everyone giving you props in the chat, Cooper. You are already, uh, this is a harbinger. This is a positive omen. This. You're destined to succeed. See, even Drake giving you props. He's not even a Broncos fan. He's giving you props, <laughs> this Drake Wally guy. Um, but anyway, love and appreciate both of you. Thanks for making time for us tonight. And uh, we will see you in the chat. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. And there they go. The mother and son dynamic duo, Michaela and Cooper. Great conversation. You know, sometimes people are nervous when they make a, their first guest appearance with us on the show or whatever, Zach. Michaela feeling a little bit of the anxiety bug. And we're like, no, it's just she crushed it, dude. She was yeah. great. She I if. I hadn't heard her tell me that before we went live. 
Would you have known that she was in any way, shape, or form uncomfortable or nervous or apprehensive? When I knew she was coming on, I knew she got this. We talked to her at the meet and greet last year, and she was, you know, talking Broncos, hanging into every conversation. It's it's easy. We get on here and we talk like we're just fans of the team and we're covering the team. So definitely a good job. And again, having Coop little little MHH shirt on was pretty great. Yes, yes. Uh, Drake Wally, bro, thanks for the support on the super chat, of course. Uh, and then you know, giving props to, to, to uh, Michaela and Cooper. Very kind of you, my dog. He says with the first choices for Denver coming in the third round picks 67 and 68, do you think they trade them both or Mm -mm. would one of them be for another tool for the offensive line? Zach, what do you think? I don't think they trade both. And I'm kind of with you there, Chad. I prefer if they are going to trade down, not to trade, to trade for the sake of trading. I'd rather them keep those premium picks and use them at positions of need. The Broncos are not a center away or not a defensive lineman away. They are a few positions away, and they need all the talent they can get. Um, One is possible. He might move down and stockpile uh, another third or maybe even a future second round pick. We don't know how George Payton wants to handle this year's draft. The reason they have two thirds to begin with Chad is because they moved down last year. They traded with, I think it was Indy in the third round and they collected an additional third. So he might be looking for future capital. He might need immediate capital, but I think they hold on to at least one of those third round picks. Uh, I I think they end up holding on to both their threes. I think if they do any trading back, you know, it'll be a little bit later, but Hey, when it comes to the draft, all bets are off. It's hard to right. perfectly predict anything when it comes to the draft. Uh, Phil, Tucson Phil in the house. Dude, it feels like it's been a minute since we've seen Phil in our stream. I know you're in our streams, MHH, but I mean on the MHH pod stream. So we have missed you, even if it's just been a few days, bro. Hope you're doing well. He's saying good evening to Chad, Zach, Deacon, and Scott, and Michaela. Go Broncos. Hashtag buck them with a B. And, of course, Phil is one of the great – exemplars in our community proving Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being love you, big dog. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. I I feel, I hope you're feeling better. I hope you're getting back on the men. We know that you haven't felt well lately. So, you know, anything again, we can do to help make you mentally, physically, emotionally stronger. You let us know. Yeah, brother. Um, Appreciate you, Phil Taylor, brother edge or linebacker. He says with a super chat and thank you. Uh, should be the first pick, go Broncos. Edge or linebacker? Zach, would that be your top two priorities for 67 and 68? See, I agree with you. The draft is such an inexact science. It would depend on who's on the board, you know, what positions are stronger, you know, that the re- of the remaining players. I think those are the two of the biggest needs. But like Michaela said, you can't ignore center. I don't think Kyle Fuller or Lloyd Cushenberry or Luke Wattenberg are long-term answers. They're all fill-ins and insurance policies. So offensive line definitely has to be considered. Maybe even a running back because – Beyond Samaje Pirine, who do they really have, Chad? Javante coming back from injury, Tony Jones, who they signed as a special teamer, and you know Tyler Batty, who was a UDFA last year. But if they were to go defense, I think you have to prioritize defensive line or the linebacking core. I don't know about off-ball there, but edge, I'd, I'd be all about edge or interior offensive line. Well, offensive line, period. Um Linebacker, I mean, if you think about it, I guess, Zach, when you get beyond 2023, it's hard to it's hard to anticipate exactly what the room is going to look like because Jonas Griffith is an exclusive rights guy, so 
he'll transition to a restricted free agent guy next year. He probably won't get tendered unless he absolutely somehow finds a way to have a stunning, phenomenal season in 2023. But Josie Jewell's in a contract year. Alex Singleton locked down for the foreseeable. So I guess I do understand that there is some um, potential need there that you want to be able to anticipate and hedge against early if you can. But also keep in mind that linebackers, I mean, look what happened last year, Zach. The Broncos signed Alex uh, Singleton basically as an afterthought for a song. Uh, and a cup of coffee. And what did he do? He came in and had 160 some odd tackles. You know, that can be done. Maybe not at that level every single year where you, you know, pluck a stud straight off the street, but that's, they're out there. They're plentiful off ball linebackers. Yeah, it looks like we have a video queued up too. I don't know if uh, that pertains. Okay. So uh, inside linebacker, I agree in premise, but in VJ's time in Arizona, I'm going back on that, not judging what George Payton has done or what VJ did during his first stint in Denver. He had two dynamic players in the middle of his defense. And I wonder if one's on the board, whoever that may be, if they don't pull the trigger because they do need that dynamism. Did I nail that? I can never that works for me. Never remember that word. They do need a dynamic sideline to sideline inside linebacker. I'm tired of the two down run thumpers. And that's exactly what Jewel and Singleton both are. Mike Reno on Facebook. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, listening to Sean Payton's remarks, it sounds like he thinks the guards made Cushenberry play poorly. Am I wrong? Mr. Producer has some context. Let's see what Sean Payton actually said on this. Yeah, look, we we, we felt like it was an area we needed to address. We feel like he's certainly going to benefit from these additions. Um, <clears throat> we haven't met any of these guys yet, so... But we, we see him as our starting center, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you're getting Ben Powers playing next to you on the left side, Zach. You're going to have a uh, – is it third year now, Quinn Miners, I want to say? Third year coming mm -hmm. out. And then, of course, McGlinchey on the right. Obviously, when you improve the supporting cast, the star of the show is going to be all the, all the better. You know, he's going to shine all the brighter. So it makes sense to me. I don't really see that, Zach. Uh, to to his point, to Mike's point, as Sean Payton really like throwing shade on Dalton Reisner um, mm -hmm. last year for what it's worth. Who remains a free agent, by the way. It, it really shows you what the league thinks of him because he's not a starting caliber lineman. Um, to what Sean Payton said, I see myself as a millionaire. Doesn't mean that I am. Just because they see him as the starter doesn't mean he will become week one. I, I You know, if you want to be more definitive about it he could have said listen he is going to be the week one starter we're not going to have a competition not i see him as i right. think that hedged a little bit against what they want to do but you know scott and i were talking about this in the green room on monday that if he's the weakest link do they is he worth starting if the players around him have to help him out. And my answer is hell no. I don't want Ben Powers or Quinn Miners to have to devote their resources and blocking to help out Cushenberry and compensate for him. If he is the weakest link, he needs to be out of the lineup. I want the best five on the field. What did Michaela say? Uh, it's a for now statement type thing, yeah, right? Like about Cush. Uh, Drake, number two, bro, thank you. He says, here's another, boys. So Peyton was great with Marcus Colston and Michael Thomas in New Orleans. Do you think he'll get Judy to 100 receptions, 1,000 yards, 8-plus TD year? I do. I, I'm excited about the prospect. I mean, here's the thing that we know. What is the wide receiver position? It is 
blank dependent, right? It is quarterback dependent. So if you believe that Sean Payton is going to upgrade Russell Wilson from the version of him that we saw last season, then it trickles all it trickles out to all those guys. And Judy's got momentum. This is what really intrigues me and why I think the Broncos would and honestly, why they haven't taken some of the offers that, that have come their way for Judy is that the way he finished, Zach, those final six games of last season, man, he's got some momentum. And what he flashed was the first time, really, that you had something you could sink your teeth into that was beyond a single individual kind of one-hit wonder performance that actually justified his draft pedigree that everybody talked about when he was coming out of Alabama, like what he could be. Broncos are right at the precipice. And so, Drake, to answer your question, I do think that that's matter of course. Those numbers, I think, for Judy are matter of course if they hold on to him. Yeah, I, I think uh, after Nathaniel Hackett was fired, the offense took off, and Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson both looked better. That's not a coincidence. I'm looking at the numbers from Judy last season. He missed two games. He had 67 catches, 972 yards, and six touchdowns. So a full season with Sean Payton and hopefully better quarterback play. Chad, I'm looking at those numbers as the floor for Jerry Judy. He can really explode in this offense. And once they moved him to the X receiver spot, he took off. That's where Sean Payton will have him, and that's where his breakout will be. But it was interesting what Sean Payton, that just triggered uh, an intriguing comment that I'm remembering from his remarks on Monday, which is um, I'll pull it up if we need to, but it's basically him saying that, you know, it was a question, something Zach to the effect of who's your ex, who's your Z, all this stuff. And he's like, look, if you followed what I did in New Orleans, those terms are basically meaningless to me. Like there is no X, there is no Z. You're going to find that I'm everybody moves around the formation. And that's part of how Sean Payton likes to keep a defense on its heels is you can't really set up and, and just, your corners know every single snap, every single set of downs where each wide receiver is going to line up. I think the bigger takeaway is this. If you use Judy correctly, you see what can happen. If you put him in the best spots for him to succeed, you see his natural talent and ability yes. take over. And we saw that a couple of years ago when he had that 90 90- Two 96-yard touchdown against the, the Raiders, a game the Broncos should have. I think it was 2020 with Drew Locke. That's when I saw Jerry Judy start to blossom, and I knew they had something here if you just use him to his ability. Ronald Putnam, hey, bro. Thank you for the very generous super chat. He says, hey, guys, I'm not hearing anyone talk about this. Even if rookies and veteran starters play in the preseason, how long will it take for the new offense to really take off so he wants to know, Zach, what's a realistic timetable for this offense to click? Because, you know, so much new. I think Sean Payton, especially in – I wrote about this today, kind of in response to how lackadaisical Hackett was with the starters and none of them playing in the preseason and taking it very, very easy in training camp. I don't think he'll necessarily overcorrect on that and, like, go too cr crazy or whatever, but – I think that's going to be uh, something that is an emphasis for him, just making sure that these guys are repped, 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 and exposed to the refiner's fire. You got to expose them to that, to hitting and tackling, and how he's like, oh, if you want to be good at football, you got to tackle football. You got to practice tackle football. So, but even with that all being said, it was a long preamble for me to then say somewhere around the end of the first quarter of the season is where I think you'll start to see things really coming together. He seemed almost insulted that 
someone would ask if the starters would play in preseason. He's like, uh, yeah, the starters are going to play. That's what they do. Uh, it just goes to show you how unconventional and um, over his head Nathaniel Hackett was. But I think I agree with you, Chad. And I, I want to copy and paste my answer from last year at this time. It will be a roller coaster. There's going to be some hiccups. There's going to be some bad plays. You know, there's going to be fumbles and interceptions and sacks. They're going to need time to work it out but going through the process the right way playing your starters in preseason practicing for tackle football and overall having better coaching game planning strength and conditioning will help the offense gel faster but i think after the first four games they'll be taken off agreed tom what's up brother thank you for the very generous super chat he says i think cornerback is a need we are one injury away from starting either uh, he's saying bassey or Tremont Smith, I like Damari Mathis, but after that, it's not great. You guys rock. Thank you, buddy. You rock. Um, Zach, how are you feeling about the depth at corner? I Nothing against you, Tom. I don't like this argument ever one injury away. I mean, Kansas City's one injury away from starting whoever it is as their backup quarterback now. So you can't have all pros everywhere. Hopefully the Broncos will have better injury luck. And I'm pretty high on Damari Mathis personally. I think he's going to do well opposite Pat Sertan. But this will be a position they address in the draft. They kind of neglected it in free agency, but I feel like they have a plan to at least provide some insurance in that secondary. Tom, appreciate you. It, I mean, at a certain point, some of these guys have to sink or swim. And if Mathis does develop and into a bona fide two, that's a pretty solid three guys, right? K1, PS2, and Mathis. And then whatever happens behind there, we'll we'll just have to see. Um, and don't count out Jaquan McMillian, by the way. UDFA from last year. I mean, he was very highly touted coming out of, I think it was East Carolina, entering year two with the Broncos. He could surprise some people. Well said. Um, we've got the uh, swashbuckler himself, GLP, Gary Palmer. Thank you very much, my friend. Great to, to see you in the chat tonight. Um, appreciate you. He says, hey, Chad, Zach, Scott, and Broncos country. Michaela, I think you did a great job, and I enjoyed the interview. Go Broncos, MHH for life. Buckham, very kind. That's awesome. Uh, Michaela jumping in the chat to say, it was my dream as a kid to be a sports commentator. So this was a pretty amazing experience. That is very cool. That is very cool. See, uh, you never know. That's what that's that's how serendipitous life can be. You never know uh, where you could end up. Um, so that's really cool. Mike Reno saying, let's not forget how much Wilson has uh, was locked onto Cortland Sutton and missing a wide open Judy. Yeah, I mean many wide open misses, not just Judy. I mean Judy Hamler early on tight ends left and right, especially when Dulcich came in. It was like he wasn't even seeing him at first. But, yes, Zach, that was a problem. Wilson really trying to force feed Sutton, and it just never – they just never really got on the same page. Well, because I'm a masochist, I watched the opening drive. It was on NFL Network the other night. I watched the opening drive of the Seahawks-Broncos game, and if you remember, they threw to Andrew Beck like three or four times on that opening drive alone, so it seemed like that was a coaching and schematic thing is to lock on to one guy, and I feel like Hackett or Kubiak, someone drilled it into Russell's head. This is where you have to go. This is where you have to go, even if it's a detriment to the actual play itself. Hopefully, Sean Payton will let Russ be Russ. And he talks anytime he – well, first of all, Sean Payton hasn't gone too much out of his way to compliment or talk all that much about Russell Wilson's uh, skill set. 
But when he has broached the subject, Zach, what do we hear? We hear how competitive he is, that he's been a proven winner, played in a lot of big games, and then he always also mentions his mobility, the fact that he mm -hmm. feels like he can still move well. So if you take all those things, it's kind of a hodgepodge or whatever, uh, and try and place it over what we know is kind of a, an outline of the Sean Payton offense, I think he's going to be doing some things that are weird, Zach, in terms of what Broncos fans are used to, but it's going to be almost an amalgamation between the Drew Brees scheme and uh, Taysom Hill. Not as smash mouth, you know, Cam Newton quarterback dive type stuff, but like where it's plan designed stuff that either gets the quarterback just moving with the objective being find a receiver downfield or actual design runs that capitalize on Russell Wilson's still plus ability, I think, to uh, utilize his legs. Now, who will that Taysom Hill quarterback be? Um, I read per Mike List, the Broncos had a top 30 visit with someone called the Jackhammer, Jack Coletto. He's a fullback, tight end, linebacker, wildcat quarterback, and core special teamer hybrid from Oregon State. And Mike List speculates that could be the next Taysom Hill. But what uh, Russell Wilson will have that he didn't have last year at all is a strong running game. They're going to build the passing attack off the run, a lot of play action, bootlegs, a.k.a. what Russ does best. That's what I can't wait to see, Chad him cooking with the right ingredients and the right tools amen before i grab sam bam just want to shout out big urn it's good to see you in the chat tonight my friend ttv uh dino nugs in the house appreciate the kind words my friend uh john thank you for uh, the bridge the gap support keep listening on uh spotify apple music sam bam brother thank you he says i think damari mathis is going to be a breakout player no doubt but it won't matter if the Broncos can't put pressure on the quarterback, which is still a concern, I feel. It's a huge concern, I think. I mean, even in your most, Zach, like optimistic view of Zach Allen, at best, in the most optimistic sense, he's a one-for-one one replacement for Draymond Jones. You can play him on – he's kind of an edge guy, interior pressure guy when in certain packages, but on third down, he's going to be rushing from the inside. Who are your – bona fide edge guys chasing the quarterback randy gregory if you can count on him being in the lineup and then it's just a laundry list of dudes that are talented raw unproven still relatively untested so that's why i wouldn't be surprised if they end up finding a mercenary like doorstep a training camp and use a draft pick on another edge guy yeah, you have to. And, uh, you know, it's the chicken or the egg. It's what's more important, coverage or pass rush. I subscribe to pass rush. You know, watch the two giant Super Bowls against New England to find out that answer. And they don't have enough in the front seven right now. And if it was up to me, if the player they want was on the board, I would strongly consider using at least one of those thirds on some pass rushing help. But the key to this question and the key to the Broncos being consistent and getting to the quarterback falls on number five. Randy Gregory, if he stays healthy, he can wreck shop. And we saw him put consistent pressure on the quarterback while he was on the field. We talked about those alien arms that he has, Chad, those tentacles. You get near the quarterback with him and you can disrupt the passing game. It's all a matter of keeping him healthy. And hopefully Bo Lowry and company can do just that. Well said. Also, shout out. I see Heath Holmes. Good to see you, bud. Naj. Again, this is why he's a legendary, pivotal yeah, figure that's going to be on the show in three weeks. We can't wait, bro. He says, hey, brothers, I remember Terrell Davis coming back too soon 
and that was the beginning of the end of his career. Javante Williams will want to play, but he shouldn't until he's 100%. I think running back and edge are our most critical uh, needs, thoughts. So if you put it in the context, Zach, of Broncos are going to war tomorrow, right? They have to play a game that counts tomorrow. What positions might do you feel like they might be perhaps ill-equipped to, you know, whether it's depth, whether it's the starters? What are your thoughts for Nash? I agree with him here. I mean, beyond Samaj P. Ryan, who do you really have? I would bring back Latavius Murray if only for uh, some insurance, but the way they've talked about Javante has been interesting. It was at first, you know, there's a chance he can not miss any time. He's on track with his recovery. And then the way they talked about Samaj P. Ryan was he's going to be the no doubt RB1, and they signed him to essentially replace Javante, perhaps for the entirety of the 2023 campaign. But yeah, you got to at least address the backfield and edge. Randy Gregory, injury prone. Baron Browning struggled with that as well. So did Cooper. Who do you really have that you can count on? One injury away, I hate to use the argument, but you don't have anything in that cupboard. So I agree with Naj. The two positions that stand out if you played a game tomorrow where they lack is running back and edge. I'm not as concerned about running back, though, because even if they don't use a draft pick there, Zach, um, college free agent ranks you can find some bona fide pro bowlers in that uh particular demographic i mean look no further than cj anderson look no further than philip Lindsay, just to keep it local and what you've seen with the broncos let alone go back and you know over the last 25 years of broncos football the laundry list of either undrafted or late round guys that have gone on to stunning success in a broncos backfield it's long it's a long list um okay we are at 38 minutes, guys. We're, we're getting a little bit long. So if you do have any burning topics, questions, now's the time to make sure you get them in the chat. Mike saying, I got my Buckham visor. I will send a pic on Twitter later tonight. Go Broncos. Buckham, dude, can't wait. We'll put it on, uh, we'll put it on MHH Instagram. Follow Mile High Huddle on Instagram, guys. It's easy to find us. Um, we'll look forward to that, though, Mike. Very cool, and we appreciate you. Patronizing the merch store, as you can Shameless see right here. plug alert right here. If you want your own Buckham visor or any Buckham merch, check out our website, mhhmerch.com. Appreciate y'all. And we've got some cool uh, designs that are going to be piggybacking off of uh, Buckham. Not Buckham per se, but different things of sayings and different. It's going to be cool. So keep an eye on that. And, of course, when things come out, uh, we're going to keep you advised of that. I want to grab Nick Hale. Good to see you, brother. A fellow songwriter and musician in the house. Check his music out on uh, Spotify. He says, uh, voluntary minicamp will be here before you know it. What should be the expectations during these practices? And do you think most players show up? MHH for life. Bridge the gap. Appreciate that, Nick. Uh, what are your thoughts, Zach? Um, I, I do believe there'll be a big turnout because I feel like Greg Penner said he's Sean Payton has already kind of teed up the organization and already changed the culture in just a few short weeks as Broncos head coach. So they should have pretty good attendance. I'm not putting too much stock in voluntary practices. Fortunately, we don't have any Melvin Gordons on the roster that can make a big deal about that. But it was interesting where Sean Payton was asked about the NFL scheduling a voluntary minicamp for the Broncos. And he goes, yeah, I, I, I saw that was printed. We're not going to have that. We're going to actually go through the phase one of the program a little longer. They're going to run. They're going to lift. They're going to train and do it his way. And that's the way it's going to be. I think if you're, even if you're like a, 
well-established vested veteran making good money on the Bronco salary cap, you don't really want to risk not making a good first impression on this coach in particular, right? Like Nathaniel Hackett, all you had to do is sit in one meeting with this guy to know, okay, I got this dude, easy Mark, (laughs) you know, happy go lucky, the whole holy, you know what guy it's like, Hey, yo, Nate, can't make it to voluntary, but I'll catch you on the flip-flop later. And a guy like Melvin Gordon didn't even have to worry about what it might cost him relative to playing time. Sean Payton doesn't really play that. And he has such a resume and track record and reputation that I think guys are going to, whether it's Zach out of fear of loss or hope for gain, I think they're going to be lining right up pretty dang close, if not right at 100% attendance for these, uh, unless, of course, they're injured. No, that's a good point. You know, a player doesn't show up. Sean Payton will be like, you don't want to be here? Buck you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you cannot join us chasing the chicken. This is not going to happen. Buck off right now with a B, YouTube. Keith, what's up, big dog? Great to see you. Thank you for the support, as always, and helping us keep the conversation going. He says, uh, who is the one, in parentheses, realistic player uh, you would package 67 and 68 to move up to get? So what, Zach, maybe like a late second-round pick, maybe, you know, back at least back half of the second round? Is there a guy that, that strikes you? Um, if they go running back, Jameer Gibbs, I don't know if he'll be there at that stage. He might be a first rounder. That's a player that I would probably target if they want to go to the backfield. If they want to address the O-line, I do like John Michael Schmitz, but he might be there in the third round anyway. But those are two big positions of need that if they were to move up, which I think is unrealistic anyway, Keith, I mean, you're going to sacrifice the rest of your draft picks, maybe even cut into 2024 to get a player that's unproven like George Payton said, I think the more realistic possibility is trading backward. Indeed. Um, I'm seeing a comment here. Where to go? I, I clicked away for just a second. Where to go? Someone mentioning um, Selvin Young, who was another former Broncos starting running back that was undrafted, right? Vince Young's running back back in the day at Texas. And this just, again, it, it's like, hey, he might not have been a thousand yard guy. Selvin Young for the Broncos, which he was not. I think the the closest he got was 700-something yards as a Bronco in a single season. But to be an undrafted guy and and go from those ranks to a starting lineup in the NFL, that's no mean feat. But it shows you how possible it is, at least for that position in the league. And in his case, you know, that particular era of Broncos football – you know, he got a little bit lucky in terms of how the dominoes fell around him with certain players being hurt and whatnot. But that's why I don't worry too much about running back. I mean, I'm worried about Javante. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. worried. Is he going to return to the same kind of form or how long will it take? Are the Broncos going to take their time? Make sure we, when he comes back, like Naj was saying, is he going to come back right? Uh, but I'm not really worried about the position, especially because you grab P Ryan. All right. That's a, that's yeah. a good, like, I think that's basically who Sean Payton is moving forward with in his mind is RB1, even if Javante was like that injury happened the year prior. I mean, I'm just going on George Payton's track record. I mean, if you think about it in 2021, they had Melvin Gordon and they still traded up in the second round for Javante throughout his tenure as a executive. I mean, in Minnesota, he drafted Dalvin Cook. I'm pretty sure he drafted Alexander Madison as well. And one thing I've learned from the Broncos signings this offseason, they are going to run the 
absolute hell out of the football. So it wouldn't shock me. I don't think I would lean in that direction at 67, but it would not surprise me if a running back was the pick there. Uh, for those who missed it at the top of the show, Richard Miles is asking uh, about the talk of draft day trades. Um, there was a report, Zach, uh, that the, it, George Payton, 2023, if he does anything, he's going to trade back, right? Stockpile picks trade back. There's a report on that. So, which doesn't come as really that much of a surprise, even considering the fact that the Broncos only have a few darts. In fact, that's probably why, right? Like you were arguing earlier in the show, they only have a few. So if they could stockpile one or two more and still make this a decent class in terms of number of selections, he'll probably try to do that. But I still think those third round picks, they're going to keep them as they are and try and utilize them to fill some of these holes that we're worrying over here on tonight's show. Yeah, it wasn't even a report. It was straight from George Payton's mouth. He said, I'm more inclined right. to trade back than trade up, which in other words says, if we do trade, it will be back to stockpile capital. Tom, appreciate you. Another super chat. If Gibbs falls to 67, I'm running up there. Yeah, I mean, there's there are going to be a lot of really good options for the Broncos um, in the third round, which is, Zach, why I think they ultimately end up holding on to those picks. Um, I want to grab this from Phil real quick. Been on vacation watching pods after when I could. These are some big boy stars, by the way. And thank you, Phil. Been on vacation watching pods after when I could. Got home, caught a cold. Anyway, tomorrow is another day. My opinion, Cushenberry couldn't handle the guy in front of him, so I don't want him as center. That sucks, bro. Raw garlic. Raw garlic, I'm told. Uh, I've used it myself. It's no fun as far as uh, if you're a heartburn guy, which thankfully that's not, I can probably count on my hand, one hand, Zach, the number of times I've truly had heartburn in my life, uh, knock on wood, thankfully, but it works. There's a compound in it that can help your immune system get over stuff quicker. But anyway, uh, the Cushionberry thing, Zach, couldn't handle the guy in front of him. Why would you want him as the center? I devolve back to the same position I've been asserting for the last few weeks, which is if indeed Sean Payton ends up saying in reality when the cleats hit the grass Lloyd Cushenberry is our starter I'm going to trust that because it's Sean Payton until I have reason not to even knowing what I know about Lloyd Cushenberry that doesn't mean I'm not trying to still find depth and find answers and if you can find an upgrade that's within your budget or means right now relative to cap space or you know draft picks then by all means and Phil, uh, zinc is your best friend as well. Make sure you're loading up on that if you can. It'll help you feel better, and we hope you do feel better. Um, again, my, my position on Cushenberry is, like Dalton Reisner, he's not an NFL-caliber starter, at least as of right now. He's not strong enough. He doesn't have the mentality. He's not that mauler. He's way too passive and way too finesse to be a center, especially in this offense if you look at Sean Payton's New Orleans teams, they've always had kind of a badass at center, a road grader. That's what they want. He'd be a fine backup or a uh, emergency option if they keep him on the roster at his current salary. But as a starter, by far and away, the weakest link. Uh, Mount Rushmore, member of our community, alert Mark, the the legend from Georgia, uh, the joining God us kid. in the chat. It has been a, a, a minute, uh, Mark. I hope you're doing well, bro. Hope you're doing well. We have missed you. We're great, but we have missed you. I uh, hope, hope the family's doing well, and uh, it's great to see you. Thanks for making time for us tonight. Yeah, the God King has been blessing us with his presence tonight. So That's right. Good to see you, Mark. In the house. Um, 
Zach, I think we've pretty much covered what we wanted to tonight, uh, unless there's any other burning topics. Mike, thank you, bro. You're a prince. We love you. I think that'll do it for us. That was another, I believe, great installment of the MHH podcast. Special thanks to Michaela Israel for hopping on with us tonight. If you haven't done so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod, uh, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. We mentioned it once. We'll mention it again. If you want some Buckham merch or anything Chad and I are rocking or anyone on the podcast networks, go to MHHmerch.com and get yo Buckham swag now. And also, if you haven't, go to Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Make sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you're on Instagram, follow us at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. And if you haven't, guys and gals, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre-save five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single freaking month. But if anything, please heed my call. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Love you guys. Thank you so, so much. Shout out to the great supporters on Facebook tonight. Uh, starting with Mike Bronchio, just throwing down. Phil, uh, get feeling better, big dog. Mike Reno, Keith Brugman, appreciate you guys on YouTube. Super Chat Superstars, throwing down. Sam Bam, Drake, Taylor Christensen, The Duchess, Michaela Parker, Naj, Altaf, Legend, Ronald Put, uh, pardon me, Ronald Putnam, Tom Lackhuff, GLP, Gary Palmer. Uh, much love and respect to each and every one of you. Uh, a reminder, go listen to the new Bridge the Gap album, my band, Spotify, Apple Music, Secret Combinations. Check it out. And as Dylan says here, before you guys dip out, and Zach said, small thing you can do, small thing, like the video before you dip on out of here. Love you guys. Have a great ending to your week. Start to your weekend. We'll see you Sunday night. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. 